On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the preseason being done. We make our guesses for the 53, and we look ahead just a little bit to the new Packers season. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Jones, look at that balance! Aaron Jones, see ya! Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. What up? What up? What up? How we doing? Preseason is done. Preseason, you, we're, we're ready. You guys catch the, the first score of a real football game, college or NFL, today? No, what was it? Illinois, led by Brett Bielema, got a mm. safety. It was so beautiful <laughs> Big Ten football. <laughs> Wait, who did they play today? They are playing Nebraska. Oh, oh, man. Look at you, Illinois, up 30 to 16. Get it. <laughs> Start the season with a safety. It's all uphill from there. So Nebraska still not back. All right. Got it. Uh, so here we are. We are we are fully defeated in this preseason. But the good news yeah. is we haven't played about 78 percent of our actual starters for None one single matters. minute. <laughs> <laughs> so final score today, we'll jump real, real quickly into it. 19 nothing in Buffalo. Uh, we were texting a little bit before that it felt really weird that other than maybe Black, I don't know if we really had any starters necessarily. And Dylan played a decent amount. Love played his amount. Buffalo played a heck of a lot of their players. Yeah, and if you look at that first half. Assuming that the Packers score on that fourth and one on the goal line, uh, if they get a field goal instead of love throwing it into the end zone, we were, we're probably leading at halftime against the starters of the Bills. So it's it's a little bit it's good news, bad news, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for real football now. Ryan's favorite activity on podcast is flipping three plays in the Packers' favor and then saying, and then we win the game. <laughs> hey, but, he's normally pretty accurate, though. Yeah, and you're right. I'd, <laughs> for the Bills putting out their starters, which I don't know why. I don't know why Mahomes was playing last night or by the time this comes out two days ago against the Vikings. I don't know what they needed to see from MVP candidates in a preseason game, but um, they both got out of it unnicked, so that's that's good for them. Uh, but for our twos to hang with the ones – it would have been worse if the Bills didn't score. You know, for the Bills, it would have been like, oh, boy, you got some problems over there. So Shamar, Gene Charles, and Henry Black were making a bunch of tackles early. I'd, I'd noticed Ben Brayton starting at right tackle is one of the things I took away. But can I just call out uh, who our front six was on the touchdown that we gave up, the first one? It yeah. was Tibigal A, Chauncey Rivers, Abdullah Anderson, and Wellington Prevalent. And the linebackers were Dejon Harris and Isaiah McDuffie. Who that? Yeah, I'm not too concerned that they scored a <laughs> touchdown, guys. I and love, they pressured I love, they pressured Allen a couple of times too. Got the sack, got yeah. in his face where I think he might have hit his hand on one of our helmets, McDuffie's helmets. It's just like 
I appreciate what the coaches did this preseason. It was this preseason. It was low stress as a fan. It was like watching a practice and I enjoyed it. I'm interested to see what comes of it. We're one of the few teams. I don't, you know, I'd I'd have to look through all preseason because I haven't watched all of it. Um, But it's interesting to see literally in the same game, one coach deciding to play starters our coach deciding to play all third string and p- possibly people who don't even make the team. Um, and what comes of it, you know, become the beginning of the season. It's always interesting to see the strategy. Do you think part of that is we got a pretty veteran roster? Like we're kind of running it back. I think so. I think so. But I, I, I would figure that with the bills um, also. So they did have Brandon Bean on at uh, the end of the or like the end of the third start of the fourth quarter and he was talking about the you know they're highlighting it as a good thing but the flexibility across the o-line but they don't have their o-line figured out just yet um so there were some moving pieces with the bills where the only reason we don't know our o-line is is bakhtiari healthy for week one or not but i mean the the additions to this team randall cobb been here done that deguara coming back from injury the center and then uh the defense looks pretty much the same. I'm looking at my projected mm-hmm. 53 right now. Like, I'm glad. I mean, Campbell, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't pull all of our number ones in and make them start the season with a bunch of, you know, uh, twisted ankles or bruises or whatever it may be. Like, we're healthy as can be come week one. I'm just worried. Watch those hammies week one. Who goes down? Somebody's <laughs> going down. Speaking of hamstrings, should we cover what happened between last pod and this pod? <laughs> do it. Do it. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot yep. as a moderator? Yes. <laughs> so I'll just start with the hamstring because this one I, I found interesting. And I don't really like the way it played out, but I don't know who I'm rooting for in this situation. So Devin Funches goes to IR, the season-ending type of IR, with that hamstring that we thought was fairly mild, even though he got carted off of practice. Um, we were hoping the cart was just a – a proactive get the veteran to the locker room quicker kind of situation, but it sounds like it was a little bit more. But then a couple of days pass and they, uh, the Packers settle, uh, like they call it an injury settlement. I'm trying to think of the right verb for it, but they settled with Devin Funches. They give him a payout on his contract and he's free to, uh, go play somewhere else once he's healed up. And it really makes me wonder, like, what kind of shenanigans were going on behind the scenes on that one. I talked to Ryan uh, beforehand saying this, this one and and the Kamal Martin, I, I think there is just something that we don't know, you know, that happened or that, you know, coaches weren't pleased with or front office wasn't pleased with. And I, I there has to be something else other than a hamstring for Funches uh, getting placed on IR and out for the rest of the year. And now, you know, he's probably going to find a team, you know, six weeks oh, of the for year. Sure. And get picked up. So it's 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 always interesting when these things get done because you don't know the full story. Yeah, look for him to be making contributions by week eight. You know where we could have brought him back from IR. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, th- I, I think that the, it's interesting because we constantly talk about and a lot of people talk about. Would you rather have Malik Taylor or Funchess? And really, it comes down to would you rather have Funchess or Cobb? Because those are the the veteran guys that are going to be predominantly offense only, and it's it's one of those things that Rodgers got his guy, and the 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 fallout from that is that Funchess with the littlest slightest tweak to his hamstring is gone, and absolutely he's going to contribute somewhere. It's just a matter of 
can this core group, which I think Dan might have brought it up, for as much drama as we came into the season with, it has been very, very positive. It's been only good things coming out of practice. It, it's just one of those that if it works, you know, let's roll with it. And uh, unfortunately, whether there was some back end stuff with Martin or they thought, you know, we have cops, so we don't need to necessarily uh, quote unquote veteran wide receiver. It's just it's part of this game and and uh, only being 53 spots deep. So hand up, because when we traded for Cobb, I was the guy that said I'd rather have Funches over Cobb. And that's looking like a pretty stupid opinion now. <laughs> I was, I was so, there with you, though. I was I there with up. you. Yeah, I, I said it on the podcast. I'll own it. Uh, that turned out to be wrong. But, you know, beyond that move uh, and including that move, the roster's is sort of sort of like taking shape on its own. Like, I don't think there's a lot of predictions we have to make that are, are difficult. There's a couple we'll get into on this pod here where. You know, we're we're probably 51% leaning one way, and we could understand if the Packers go the other way. But the other moves we already talked about, Kamar Martin was cut early uh, in the week. Will Redmond went to IR, you know, our number three safety last year. Uh, so IR there, but we're pretty positive about the guys behind him. So I don't think that's a, a you know, a, a net loss by any means. And then Kadar Holman gets traded for a seventh rounder to the Texans. Those were the trades. I think it, well, the, the trade. I think it makes the roster uh, pretty easy to guess. And I'd, is, is that the next part of this pod? We just start rolling through our 53. Let's roll them. Yeah. So we're going to start with the one that we knew uh, <laughs> coming into the season. Well, maybe we didn't. Quarterback situation is, is pretty straightforward. Uh, Rogers and love. Uh, ben Kirk, maybe he makes it on the practice squad. If nobody else wants to pick him up, then we, we kind of just have him sitting out there. But nobody will. Uh uh, I, I will say once again, I will say once again, Love looked really, really nice for uh, for rookie. It, the fourth and one play second with the year. rollout was perfect. Or second year was perfect, and it's just unfortunate that he immediately followed it up with a a panic throw to the end zone. Uh, if he wouldn't have done that, we probably would have gotten at least three points, and it, it would have been yep, that's what we needed to see from him. But that's uh, we're good. We're good in the quarterback room. The one part I didn't like about that is he didn't learn from the mistake within the game because he threw another one over the middle right before halftime. It's like, dude, you already got picked off doing that. Like, what are you doing doing that again? But that'll get critiqued very harshly in the film room, and I don't expect that to happen again. But, yeah, he had some nice throws today, both bullet passes, some nice touch passes down the sideline. I think you're seeing what you need to see out of a backup quarterback there. No reason to keep three. Uh, running back's pretty simple. Uh, we thought this would be a battle for running back three, but we got Aaron Jones, we got A.J. Dillon, we got Kylan Hill, and what a draft pick for a seventh-round selection, like 258th overall, I believe it was. Uh, the guy looks like he's picking up pass protection and the offense. To Josh's point, he's still trying to run outside quite a bit, so as the game slows down for him, I look for him to get a little better in the running game, but they're heavily utilizing him in the screen game too, and it looks like he's got – good enough hands for a third running back to to be a dual threat weapon at that position. So I think that's a great addition, even with Dexter running well at the end of the game here. Um, I think he's someone he may be beyond his practice squad year. So you may just have to cut him at this point, but um, it, I think he's his time here is up. Yeah. I, I think it is beautiful what the Packers front office has done at this position. Um, they're trying to consistently keep talent at the running back position. It, it has been a position that has haunted the Packers. And when you look back on history, 
Um, so to, to finally have just a, cons- I mean, again, we can say we have at least two for sure. Hill's still a question mark. You know, he's still got a lot to learn, but he's got the talent. So we got three talented running backs. And if one goes down, we're going to be okay. You know, we have somebody to step up, maybe plays a little bit different game, but he can fit into the Packers scheme. Um, the coach can coach around his talents. And I, I, I love this position and how they've built it out through the past few years. Yeah. And let me correct. Dexter's just going into year three, so he can still fit onto the practice squad. Yep. Yep. For sure. And, and then going into wide receivers, there, there's a little bit of question here, I, and I'm going to bring it up. But the, the people we have uh, written down, uh, obviously, Adams, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, uh, Amar, Amari Rogers, and then our final uh, wide receiver, Malik Taylor. Now, if they only keep six guys, I think this is a good list. But I think there's a chance to keep a few more just because of injuries. I think EQ's close, and I think Juwan Winfrey's close. We didn't see him in preseason, but how much do the coaches like them um, from what they saw earlier in training camp and such? How could you keep a guy that hasn't played, though? So I, I went back and looked. Eight teams last year, so a quarter of the league, carried seven wide receivers. So are you going to be a, a quarter of the league? Do you trust that seventh wide receiver enough? to keep a Jawan Winfrey or an EQ who couldn't take any preseason reps. I, I think if you're going to make this argument, you almost got to go towards Ryan's favorite wide receiver. Bigleton. Oh, I, here's the thing is I, I don't think that it, it's going to happen because this wide receiver, no. this wide receiver format for the Packers is not what it's been like in the past. We just talked about having a three headed monster in the backfield, uh, decent depth at tight end. I would look for them to, if we talk about health and stacking them up, looking at that middle of the defense being like, let's just find bodies and make sure we keep them. We are going to be just fine trying to figure out ways of getting those six guys alone active. And Malik Taylor, we know, can play special teams. Rodgers can play special teams. Like, I think that's the group, and it's a perfect six, and and we move on from yep. that because I just like Dan said, you can't put that much energy and a slot on somebody that very well will fall right back to us on the practice squad later. And and let's remember, you're allowed 16 guys on the practice squad. It was a new rule last year with COVID, and they've extended it. I mean, we are still in COVID, so I'm glad they extended it. So you're going to be able to sneak multiple wide receivers onto the practice squad. Good you know, point. Even if, a, even if a Winfrey or an EQ get picked up, then a, a Damon Hazleton, who got a ton of reps mm-hmm. today, can, can be on the practice squad. So I'd, I'm pretty happy that Malik Taylor looks like he's a you know wide receiver six at this point because what he adds from the special teams uh, contribution standpoint is going to be awesome. And he showed just enough from a wide receiver perspective that you know, if he needed to take five reps in a game, I'm not too concerned with that situation. So I think the official stance of the pod is just six. Malik's the sixth because we want to use that potential seventh wide receiver spot elsewhere, specifically on defense. Good yeah. point. Taylor, really, really nice day today with his five catches for 69 yards. Nice. So tight ends are very interesting because big boy Bobby, obviously, and Mercedes Lewis, you don't realize how good he is at blocking until you see somebody like Jace whiff. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like I need Big Dog in this lineup oh, yeah. 
Jaguara, it's going to be really, really nice to see him on the field. He was in and out a little bit today. And then we have as our fourth instead of Jace is Daphne because we need to be the leader in Indiana State tight ends. Without a doubt, we have to take that lead and we have to take that torch. So running with four tight ends, which if you're looking at it, really, I think is a, a Daphne versus Jason. Man, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to go and give Jace one more shot. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. You get Daphne on a two week tryout. You know, if if he messes up royally, then, you know, add Jace back to the active roster and see what you can do with Daphne at that point. But the way we utilize tight ends, you can't carry just three. I mean, we, we use DeGuara, Mercedes and Daphne as as fullbacks as well. And, and we'll go two or three wide at the tight end position. So I think you got to carry four and there's no one that jumped Daphne in training camp. Yeah, yeah, there was also a lot of games last year that Daphne was was flying in front of Jones. You remember that? Like it'd be a quick mm-hmm. out, and you'd be like, "Holy crap! Look at that big boy yeah. go!" So he, he's proven his worth that he needs to be on the team without a doubt. And yeah, Daphne. and Daphne had some size. You know, we need another guy like Mercedes Lewis. You know, Degar and Tanyan are toys at tight end. Uh, Daphne just adds a guy that can also block uh, pretty pretty solidly. So need those. So let's talk offensive line. This one, if we're going to be wrong somewhere, which we're not going to be wrong, but it'll if probably we're be, be here. Wrong, yeah, yeah. This is where I could see Gutekunst going in a different direction than the official stance of the Pack It Up Packers podcast. So <laughs> you're, you're starting five if everyone's healthy. We can debate right guard, but we'll go Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Lucas Patrick for now, Billy Turner at right tackle. If it's not Lucas Patrick at right guard, you're keeping Runyon and Royce Newman in because that, that's been the three-headed guard battle during all of training camp. Uh, you got Dennis Kelly as your swing tackle that can back up either left or right tackle. And then I think the stance of the pod, based on what we've seen and just you know the, the point they're at in their careers, is I'd rather see them keep, and I think they will based on the play today, Ben Braden as another guard slash tackle backup. And if you got that kind of versatility in your ninth or 10th, I think he's our ninth offensive lineman in this position. Um, I, I love that. So you can put him at right guard. If things happen, you can, you can put him at right tackle. If you need Billy Turner to kick over for whatever reason, you got a lot of versatility in your backups then. And what we're saying by doing that is that Nijman, Cole Van Lanen and Jake Hansen were trying to sneak onto the practice squad. And I think you can get two out of those three out of the practice squad. Yeah, I think it's solid. I love what the Packers have done in the offseason. Uh, this was probably my biggest worry uh, going into the offseason was their offensive line again. Um, but Myers has definitely outperformed what everyone has thought. Um, and then bring it on like a veteran like Kelly. Um, it, it's just a solid guy to have behind your, your two starting tackles. It's a guy who could step in. He's big enough. He's quick enough. Uh, he knows the game. Um, I, I love what they have done with this group. Yeah, when we, when I was counting out the 53, Jake Hansen just didn't come to mind, and that was on me. But, you know, I realized today because he struggled on multiple snaps, a, a low snap, and then, you know, he didn't snap in time. He couldn't hear uh, Jordan Love and shotgun uh, due to some crowd noise. But um, this was a guy we were very uh, hopeful for early last year. There was good reviews of, you know, he's a year or two away, but he's going to be a great player for us as well. And the progression just hasn't quite been there. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not make the team. And I think that might surprise some of the listeners, but 
I, I just don't think he's done enough. So that that's nine on the offensive line we're keeping. I'm pretty happy with that number. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught it too, but uh, Rogers in his press conference, somebody asked him about how Bakhtiari looks and that he's not going to be available in week one. And he goes, really? And actually checked with the Packers PR staff that Rogers seems to think that Bakhtiari could be back even sooner. And Ooh. by all means, he's looked really, really good and moving well and running and doing what he needs to do. But Let's no, need tell to the ru- yeah, no need to rush him back. But if we can have him, uh, that week three, just ready to roll, and that line looks how it could. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. There's a lot of weapons there. All right, D-line. Yeah, rolling into the defense. Uh, we got D-line. Um, we got starting with Dean Lowry. Uh, we'll include Lancaster just because Dan really likes him. Yes, we will. Uh, Clark, <laughs> Kiki, uh, the newbies, Slayton, and we are including probably the 53rd man, Heavy duty, heavy duty. I love this crew. I love what they have uh, done with some young talent. Slayton is a great surprise. We've been talking about him since we've drafted. We've said he has the talent, but does he have the drive? He's proven he has it. Um, he, he's, he's acting like he wants the job. He wants to be Kenny Clark. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And then once we throw in Kiki's pass rushing ability mixed with Lowry and Lancaster, I'm really liking what they've created here on our defensive line. You know what, what's really got me excited? You know, Slayton looked good again today. We haven't seen anything from, from Kiki or Kenny Clark. And I, I read an article on the athletic during the week about the gap and a half scheme that Joe Barry will deploy where, Sometimes you'll stand the man up and see if this sounds familiar, Packers fans. You'll stand your man up and try to play a two-gap scheme, where as a, as a D-tackler or a D-end, you're responsible for the A and the B gap or the B and the C gap. So you essentially got to grab a guy by the shoulder pads and be able to maneuver him whichever way you see the action of the play running. you got to go and hit your appropriate gap. The gap and a half is you've got the A gap. You hit him with your outside arm, essentially, if you've got the half of a B gap, and you need to be able to toss him back into the A-gap if the running back makes a cut. So I'm probably doing a poor job explaining, but if you have an athletic subscription, uh, check out the the story that was done there. Really solid job about the scheme we're going to be deploying. And I got so jazzed up about, can Kenny Clark put up a couple more like statistical production than he typically does? Because he's normally been just a double-team eater. And if you get guys that are are, are making an impact beside him and – I don't have to expand beyond that, right? But if Kiki can take that step in his career, if Slayton can just be a a little bit of a disruptor on five to ten snaps a game, maybe you free up Clark to have one-on-ones, and then that line could actually be something that's kind of interesting to watch. So I, I'm excited keeping those guys. And I, would, I do want to call out, there was a guy coming out of the draft and uh, offseason that we we're excited to potentially – see make an impact carlo kemp out of michigan mm. one of our undrafted free agents I, I just have to say his name once on this podcast because it hasn't been said all through training camp and uh not a whisper was heard so unfortunately that one didn't work out but keeping six on the d line so we can keep those guys rotating a little more than normal and then we move to the law firm of the packers smith smith <laughs> Eric, Marvin. Uh, Honestly, this is a group that could potentially be the core of this entire team. It's just a matter of health, and it's a matter of can they step up and take care of business. We've talked about it plenty. Gary's ready to take that next step. 
Preston, can he get back with Joe Barry and find his old ways? Zadarius, how is that back going to hold up? And then Garvin, you see flashes of him that he has the speed, he has the size. Can he make a difference? These four dudes alone allow for that defensive line that we just talked about to make plays. And, man, I, I, I hope that this team brings the heat into that backfield because we need them. We need them to take the pressure off the secondary. We need them to take that pressure off that D-line, let them just clean up stuff. Uh, I hope they pull it off. And we like Garvin over anything else at that fourth spot. Yeah, is I don't that know. a question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Chauncey Rivers made a couple plays here and there. You know, he's he's done it before with the Ravens, I believe. But I mean, I'm on board for Garvin. That's one I think you put either guy there, and it's like let's just hope that those top three are. Yeah, your fifty third, fifty second guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've said that for about four people at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, middle linebacker is tough, but it got a little easier when they cut Kamal Martin. Uh, you got Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell as your one and two. Uh, we got Ty Summers and Oren Burks <laughs> making the team and hopefully just playing special teams. Uh, I think you need those. Bigger bodies, you can't have all defensive backs on special teams. So, you know, your backup linebackers are going to play a role. They both showed that they're very good special teamers. Um, you don't necessarily want to see them on the field much. We've seen what that looks like. Uh, but that's that's what we got at middle linebacker, those four. Yeah, I'm not too worried uh, w- with how the Packers, I am guessing, how we'll play this year. It'll be a lot more secondary folks on the, on the field. Lead. Um, wait, what? Playing with the lead, facing the pass more. Oh, you you know it. That we're going to put up thirty every game. You know this this is how it rolls. Um, but no, Barnes and Campbell. I mean, yes, if one goes down, we're in trouble. You know, we're in trouble with having a second starter. Um, but with those two leading the pack in week one, man, I couldn't be happier this year. Could not. Am I am I the only one that's okay with Oren Burks? Am I am I yeah. making that fan club by myself? I, I've been yep. an Oren Burks fan since day one. He, he has always proven me wrong. He's <laughs> proven he me wrong. And then he's actually shown up in this preseason. And I'm like, man, I just disowned you this offseason, and now you're going to actually play good. Like, hey, you're moving out of Nashville. You can drop the Nashville homerism now. That is true. Now it's going to cho- change to Tampa. What what guys come out of Tampa? I don't know. Uh, all the high school talent. Everybody. <laughs> Half the NFL. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to roll into the corner here, which is a very exciting uh, group of guys here. We got Jair Alexander, Kevin King, obviously, young man Stokes, um, and then Sullivan, Shamar Jean Charles, and Yadam, and the final Yadam. one, Yadam. Yadam. Sorry, Yadam. And then the final one, Cabino Into. Um, I think this is <laughs> golly. Well, Cabion into <laughs> Cabion into um, love what they're doing with this crew. We got three solid starters. Sullivan, honestly, I think can he, he can be classified as a starter in that crew. So four solid guys um, with Shamar Jean Charles, obviously going to learn and Yadam into, um, you know, going to learn also. So very solid group of guys here. I think there's a little bit of uh weaknesses on our, our back end so hopefully injuries stay minimum but uh the, the starters look uh outstanding and i think this is the position where most people are thinking between yadam and ento you got to pick one 
but by not doing a, a seventh wide receiver, by doing nine offensive linemen instead of 10, so saying Nijman or Hanson aren't going to make it, you're allowed to say, I'm keeping all these guys. I, I see potential in them. I, I'm not sure Yadam, Shamar Jean Charles, maybe even Ento can actually get to the practice squad. And and it's just a position of need. It's it's a high value position in today's NFL with the passing game. So I like having seven guys at that position. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more likely that some of these offensive line guys can come back than either one of those guys. So I mm-hmm. completely agree. And then we somehow the secondary just keeps on rolling. It, Savage, Scott, Black, and then we have Gaines as that fifth safety. Ooh. I mean. If this group, they showed it last year, we just need them to be 100% on tackling and just taking care of business and making sure that they find find avenues to success. Savage, I think we had totaled he could have had probably 33 interceptions last year if it would have just caught him. So <laughs> let's see what the let's see what the guy does with another year under his belt. But that's a, a solid a solid group as always with with Amos leaving the group. But uh, this secondary man. We we are we are going to have a really, really I hope we don't see him as much because that means we're putting pressure on and we're taking care of the run. But this is a fun, fun group uh, for for years to come. Yeah, I think it's key. They keep five safeties, too, because I, I feel savage coming down. I feel Amos Star possibly position. coming down. I, I feel some things are going to be tried this year. Um, to elevate players' talent and where they are positioned. Uh, we have failed this in the past, um, putting putting players in positions where they cannot succeed to their greatest potential. And I think this coach might be trying some things to figure out where people excel the most. He knew how to do it with Jalen Ramsey in a star position or shadowing mm-hmm. the number one wide receiver. So please just let Jair go wherever he wants to go. If that means you got to bring Savage down a little bit, I like keeping, you know, Vernon Scott at the end of last year, we were excited about, we were starting to say, you know, can we see more of him than Will Redman? You know, Will Redman was the known quantity and Vernon Scott was the guy on the upward trajectory of his career. Uh, he ended up with seven tackles last year. Henry Black was making all the tackles today, uh, specifically early in the game against the Bills number ones. And then, you know, in his gains had a nice training camp. I think you reward him with a roster spot here. Up off. I think you can still squeak onto the practice squad as an undrafted free agent. It's not like he had a, a pick six in preseason games that jumped off a of film for everyone to see um, where they might want to take him. So I really like having all that depth in the secondary. It's going to create great competition during practice for, you know, positions three through five. You know, your starters are known, but positions three through five to continue battling to get their reps and just make, you know, what needs to be great on this defense even better. Good special teamers, too. Don't forget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and if there's something we're known for, it's great special teamers. Oh, boy. Crosby, what's up with the missed field goal? That rounds out your 53, though. That was 50. And then I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there's a change here, but it's Crosby, Scott, and Hunter Bradley on the special team side to give us 53. And that is, I mean, if if they let go of Maurice Drayton between now and week one, would anybody be surprised? Negative. I mean, sorry, Maurice Drayton, uh, but how do we keep messing up? <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know. I will say I we've know. been very down. 
We've been very down on J.K. Scott, but he averaged 56 yards a punt today on he his single one, yeah. punt. <laughs> yeah, but then he has one 30-yarder. It's just like, what the Yeah, hell? consistency is his problem. I, I trust Crosby will figure it out. He's got he's got too much of a record to, to not have trust in him. But Bradley's not the best long snapper in the game either. So, boy, at, at least the 53 that we built out, and we'll see if we can – tweet this out so we're on record to our, our followers and our listeners uh, for when Tuesday's cuts actually happen. Um, you know, at least with the 53 we built, there's a lot of guys that are going to contribute on special teams. There's a lot of guys that are going to be hungry on special teams, I should say. They're going to want to make the tackle so they can get reps on their respective units. So and I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy, guys. I'm just so ready. All we're of our, almost all there. Of our talent, like we haven't seen a single snap of. Like other fan bases have seen – Mahomes and Josh Allen and all these guys get their reps, and so they've seen what it looks like. We haven't seen any of that out of outside of Ryan's favorite thing: Rogers throwing forty-yard bombs into a net at practice. <laughs> hey, Love did it too. Got to got to remind the audience here: Love finally threw it into the net. We should mention. I think the best thing that's come out of this training camp, and we have not talked about it on this podcast. These alternative uniforms are so sexy uh, we have we have looked for these and then it's color rush all green these things are going to look so good and i hope they save it for like a sunday or a monday night game because it is i we're all eventually going to be buying some uh this is this is perfect perfect packers i love well, it it's already known it. what week they're wearing them is it oh yeah. man i'll have to look it up but i think week two <laughs> i can figure it out while we talk here but yeah those are sexy and i already saw some pop up in uh buffalo so we missed i mean i guess we didn't get our order in fast enough but uh those are hot and what was sad was you would normally look at like uh aaron Rodgers or Devonte adams jersey but if you're smart you look at their contract situation and be like i might not be able to wear that for more than a year <laughs> i mean aaron jones is on a new contract uh maybe jair you know just hope that he gets renewed uh oh yeah. he's getting renewed do can't not jinx you, this can't think you buy a number 12 jersey at this point that might be limited wear on that i'm not seeing which week they're going to wear them but i want to say it was already known quantity someone can shout it out when they when they hear this come yeah out. i uh but after yeah. they wear them once so, and they just kick ass they'll wear them every home game after <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode what we're gonna do is we have that nice little two-week break we're gonna come back and do a full preview once this roster is kind of bullish see how that all lays out and then we'll look at this schedule at a, a long-term view before we come back and we get Ready for Jameis Winston down in New Orleans on week one, but we're back, baby. There's fans in the season stands. projections. There's over and unders. Let's, let's do it. Oh. MVPs, <laughs> eating W's. But until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go.